Good morning. Welcome to Chits. Thank you for joining us this morning. The weather is changing. It's wetter, a little bit colder, uh, but winter is definitely coming. And with winter, Christmas is coming. Um, I, st I started last week talking a little about Christmas, the message of Christmas. We're going to talk something about um, the message of Christmas a little bit further this morning. Uh, but thank you for joining us. It's my prayer that um, this meeting um, will make a difference in your life. Let's pray. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you that we may come together in this way. Thank you that your words never old and that your word will make a difference in our lives. We come this morning with the expectation that you will work in our hearts through the word and through your spirit and that you will change us, that you will make us into the people you want us to be. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from Philippians 2. Philippians 2 um, from verse 1. Paul is writing, um, he's in prison and then he writes to the congregation in Philippians and um, telling them about what is most important in the life of a church. Uh, we're reading chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common, common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. That concludes our scripture reading. Um, scripture we read this morning isn't a favourite um, Christmas sermon. It's not a favorite Christmas text because the question this um, scripture asks is not, what do you want for Christmas? I know gifts play a very important part of our Christmas celebration. And I know I've seen the disappointment on kids' faces if they did not get the gift they expected or which they wanted most. Even adults are sometimes disappointed with what they get or what they don't get. This scripture we read this morning is asking something else. 
it's actually asking what are you going to give or what are you going to let go this Christmas? And the most important, the most important of it all is the mind of Christ, the attitude of Christ and the difference that makes, says Paul, because he gave himself, um, he made himself nothing, says Paul. And that's exactly why we don't like this whole idea um, around Christmas time. Because we don't give easily. It's difficult for us to let go. It's difficult for us not to be in charge. Or when it's not going about us. Um, and that's actually something that lies much deeper than just... Christmas time. We live in a time and in a world where the most important thing is to be an, uh, an independent in individual that can do their own thing, not needing anyone else. Where what you have and what you can get more from, if it's job title, if it's stuff, that counts more than what you give. It's the danger for our religion is that we do the same in our religion. That we think in our religion, it's more about what I do and what I get than what I give. In Mark 10, there's this young ruler came, came to Jesus and asked him, Sir, what do I have to do to earn uh, life eternal? And Jesus told him eventually, give everything you've got, give it away. Give it to the poor, sell it and give it to the poor. Into uh, yourself. Don't just live for yourself. And you see, there's, there's the danger for religion, for our faith. Because faith is not primarily about what is in it for me. What I can get what God must give me, what the church must give me. Um, how the church must keep me happy and me settled in church. There's a deeper voice that says, give, let go. Empty yourself. Or, in the words of verse 5, have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had. And then Paul talks about how Jesus gave himself. How Jesus um, became equal to an, to an slave in his time. Equal to a servant. How Jesus was faithful unto death. How he didn't hold onto his position. But gave it up. Gave it away. And Paul, Paul, 
people actually talking to the church and 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 he's quite worried about them as he, he, he says in verse 3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourself not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of others and that is exactly the opposite of what jesus did but Paul's writing to, to, to this church and tell them the, the, the big danger of being selfish, of just living for yourself, of just have this mindset of what must other do to me, uh, what other must give to me, what the church must give to me, and, and my own ambitions, my own interests is most important. Selfishness is a big danger for church people. Why? Because Paul, Paul says, if it's true of church that this is who we are, then we're in trouble. If our own interests are more important, are the most important, then we are in trouble as church. Because church is not about what I can get out of it. Church is not about what I, what church must do to me and give to me. Because then very easily when church is not what, how I like it and how I expected it to be, then I can just turn around and walk away. If it's asked too much and I have to give too much, so I can take my stuff and leave. That's what happened. That's why an attitude of selfishness is so dangerous for church. Second thing that happens is that if that's our mindset, then people hurt us easily. When there's not enough thank yous, or when I have the experience that I'm not appreciated, um, then it destroys my attitude towards church. Church is not about my own personal experience. Church is not in the first place about my relationship with the Lord. Because if church, if, if that's all church is about, then we'll start to looking inside. And as long as we're okay, we can ignore what's going on around us in the world. And then we're in trouble as church. Because... Then our main question is, what can I get from church? What can church do for me? Um, Meister Eckhart, 100 years ago, wrote, God's not found in the soul by adding anything, but by a process of subtraction. It's in giving that we receive. It's in letting go that we found our Saviour. How, how do we get the mind of Christ? I think Paul says two important things. The first thing he says is just stop and look back on the road you came. In verse 1 he says, therefore if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, um, you, you've got this relationship with Christ and he saved you and he understands and, 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 and he loves you. He says, if any comfort from his love, 
um, his self-giving love. Have you ever experienced that in your life? Just look back to that. Just hold on to that. He says, if in any common sharing in the spirit, had, did you ever have the experience that God is with you, in you, working? Go back to that. If any tenderness and compassion that you have received from, um, from other believers, where in your life did you experience how people cared for you, loved you, gave to you, accepted you, supported you? Go back to that. There's, if we look back over our life, there's certain times when things happened that, that told us Christ is real. He loves us. He's working in us. And all of us had experience of Christians caring for us. And, and those experiences must challenge us to say, but the different mind of Christ, that's where this lies. The second thing that Paul said, the first thing he says is look back the way you can. Hindsight's brilliant. The second thing is look what Christ did. Verse 5 says, to have the same attitude of mind Christ Jesus had. If, if Christ's attitude of mind made such a big difference, what difference will it not make if we follow in our lives, if we follow the same, if we do the same? What's going to happen? What changes are we going to experience? And Paul has no stronger argument ever about what's going to change, how, how we need to change, what we need to do. Get the mind of Christ. That's all Paul says. What was that? He goes on, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8, and he says, but what Jesus did is he gave his the fact that he was God gave it away. He did not, um, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. He let it go. His position, his place as son of the king wasn't important. The last couple of months we were we were reminded of the gap between royalty and the normal people. We saw in all the ceremony, all the plump of all the ceremonies we had to follow, um, the death of Queen Elizabeth, the, uh, uh, not coronation, but King Charles's position that's been established as, as king. In all those ceremonies, we saw the difference, the gap between royalty and ordinary people. Um, Paul says Christ just covered that. He just left, he just left his royalty behind. He became ordinary, gave it up. It wasn't important for him. The seven goes, goes even further. It says rather he made himself nothing. He made himself nothing. When I read that, I realized that we're in trouble because we don't like 
being nothing, being no one. We want people to see us. We want people to care for us, to listen to us, to accept us. Christ became nothing. And then he talked about becoming a servant. In, in those days, a servant was the lowest, lowest, lowest class of people you can get. They had no rights. And, 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 and the Bible says Jesus became like a servant. He gave everything. He let everything go. Why? Because he knew that was the only way we would realize that's the way to follow. Jesus even went further. As 8 says, and being found in appearance as a human being, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The other day I, I saw a video clip of two prisoners in Ukraine. They were collaborators with the Russians and the Ukrainians caught them and they tied them to two posts and made a public spectacle of them for people to see, for people to, to joke with them, for people to say all kinds of things about them. And that's exactly what happened to Jesus when they nailed him to the cross. He was there, public spectacle. People walked past and were laughing at him, were joking with him, making fun of him. That's what he did. That's the last thing we want. That's the last thing we want to do. To give ourselves. To become nothing. It costs him his life. What are you willing to give? Are you willing to become nothing? Are you willing to let go of everything that's important in the eyes of people your status are you willing to be a servant are you willing to die for what you believe are you willing to letting go of so many things that important for you and not important for God If we want to have the mind of Christ, we don't have a choice but to become much more humble. Think much less of ourselves, giving much more of everything we have, of everything we, who we are. Interesting thing is that verse 5, verse 6 to 11 was an, was a worship song, was worship prayer. That the early Christians sang quite often. Because it helped them to keep their focus right. This is what's important. This is what faith is about. This is how we're going to make a difference in life. It's almost as if Paul said, I know you've got issues. I, I, I know you've got issues um, with doing a lot of things for our self-ambition. I know you've got issues with humility. I know you've got issues about thinking of yourself more than you, ha you have to. I, I know you've got issues with just looking after your own interest. How do you change that? Here is this worship song. Let's pray it. Let's sing it. Because it will start changing your mind. If you start thinking more on what Christ did. And 
what difference his mindset made. It saved the world. It changed the world. There's still no other way than his way. And that brings us to the challenge. Not what do you want for Christmas, but what are you going to let go of this Christmas? What are you going to give? What is there in your life that's still too important to you? You're holding on. Where are you not humble? Where, where are you still thinking about yourself much more than you're supposed to? Where is your selfish interests too important? What are you going to let go of this Christmas? Let's pray. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there's hatred, let me sow love. Where there's injury, pardon. Where there's doubt, faith. Where there's despair, hope. Where there's darkness, light. And where there's sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive. It's in pardoning that we are pardoned. It's in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. We now have an opportunity, amazing opportunity to give. Um, you see all the options available, how you can give. Let's do it this morning out of gratitude of everything that God gave for each one of us. I want to end the service with the blessing from number six. It goes as follows. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and to be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.